Ministry of the Spirit, Part 7, and also the second part of the story about Samuel Morris. In Acts, Chapter 2, verses 38 and 39, we're told, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the holy the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. It was God's plan that after Pentecost, every individual who accepted Jesus as their personal Savior would also be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The sad truth is that many today are baptized only with the water and not by the Holy Spirit. But it's time for that to be corrected. And in the life of Samuel Morris, we see truly an individual that was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Previous to this, we talked about the voyage that Samuel Morris had as he came over to the United States because he heard that over here he could learn more about the Holy Spirit. There was one story, though, that I wasn't able to fit in. And just before they could leave that part of the world to head for America, the captain wanted to pick up a few more things that he could bring to sell. And they approached an island. Everything looked quite peaceful, and so they put out a small boat to take some of the men in to shore. But after they were part way to the shore, all of a sudden the beach was full of people and they uh, were on their way to capture the ship. And here's just the, the outcome of the battle. The captain then went to his cabin and signaled Sammy to unlock the door. When the door swung open, the captain staggered into the room more dead than alive. He was completely exhausted from loss of blood and the long, terrific struggle. He sank to the floor in a faint. Sammy pulled him into his bunk and bathed and dressed his wounds as best he could. Then he kneeled down beside the bed and poured out his very soul in prayer for his friend. Now, previous to this time, uh, the captain had received the Christian uh, faith more, um, he was willing anyway, and he even had uh, worship services on the ship. 
But here we find another step in his experience. The captain revived while Sammy was praying. He put his arm gently around the boy's bare shoulders and drew him closer, saying, Sammy, your prayers have saved us and the ship. Our men fought like demons, but we were outnumbered ten to one. Few of the enemy had firearms, but they all had knives or war clubs. <clears throat> if the wind had not sprung up so that the ship rolled and dragged her anchors, they would have swarmed over us like ants. Sammy, of course, had been praying the whole time the battle was going on. And uh, as in answer to his prayers, God sent wind to make the ship roll so that the enemies could not get aboard like they had in, in the beginning. So the captain recognizes it was Samuel Morris's prayers that saved their ship. When at last the tramp ship reached New York, Sammy had been aboard about five months. He had come aboard in jumper and overalls without shoes. He had worked for his passage. The crew took up a collection of clothing and pieced together a suit for him with cap and shoes so that he could go ashore decently dressed. By this time, the entire crew were converted men. They had worship every day. They got along. They loved Sammy and hated to see him go, but they knew why he had come. And so they did the best they could to help him go ashore. Sammy was all excitement as the harbor was sighted. Hardships and suffering were all forgotten. Everyone aboard that ship was now his friend. The once bloodthirsty melee, the fondest of all. As they shook hands with Sammy for the last time, many of these hardened men wept like children. When the gangplank was lowered, Samuel Morris was the first one to go down it. A man was just passing as he reached the dock. Sammy at once hailed the stranger with the question, Where can I find Stephen Merritt? Now, of course, New York was smaller in those days. This was around the year 1888, somewhere in that area. <laughs> but what a miracle that the person who happened to be walking by knew Stephen Merritt. The passerby had partaken of Stephen Merritt's hospitality at his mission. He promptly answered, I know him. He lives away over on 8th Avenue, on the other side of town. 
I'll take you to him for a dollar. Semi had not a penny to his name, but he accepted the tramp's offer in the serene faith that the dollar would somehow be produced. It was getting dark when they reached Mr. Merritt. He had closed the office and was just locking the door when they came up. The guide said, There is Stephen Merritt, that man who is putting the key in the door. Sammy ran forward, exclaiming, I am Samuel Morris. I have just come from Africa to talk with you about the Holy Ghost. Amazing. You know, the reason I love this story is he was obsessed with learning more about the Holy Spirit and how many of us today are as excited about receiving the Holy Spirit as, as he was. And so he traveled all this distance and the first thing out of his mouth is, I came to talk to you about the Holy Ghost. Merritt was both amazed and amused at this odd greeting. He asked Sammy if he had any letters of introduction. No, I had no time to wait, replied Sammy. Getting the Holy Spirit, getting more knowledge about the Spirit was so important to him that he couldn't wait for anything. <coughs> he left immediately, as you remember in part one, to uh, find more about the Holy Spirit. Sammy started for the mission when the tramp, who had guided him, called out, Where is my dollar? Sammy, who never doubted the providence of his Heavenly Father, merely waved his hand in the direction of Stephen Merritt, saying, Stephen Merritt pays all my bills now. Merritt smilingly handed over the dollar to the tramp and entered his coach. Stephen Merritt kept his appointment and then went home. As he was leaving his coach, he suddenly remembered the African boy and had his coachman drive him back to the Bethel. He found Samuel Morris surrounded by 17 men prostrate on their faces before him. There was a big influence there at the mission which brought 17 people to accept Jesus because of the prayers of Samuel Morris. Now that wasn't the first time before he left for America. He had another experience in which many were giving their heart to him, because, to the Lord, because he prayed. He had just told them about Jesus, and they were rejoicing in his pardon. On his first night in America, this young African, who could scarcely speak our language, had brought nearly a score of souls to Christ. Stephen Merritt, who was deeply moved by this extraordinary sight, took Sammy home. 
can see how the Holy Spirit was working all the way through this story to help Sammy receive what he had come for. Stephen Merritt was a wealthy man and lived in a veritable palace. It was one o'clock in the morning when they reached his residence. His faithful wife had waited up for him. When he opened the door, she asked, Why, what have you here, Stephen? Merritt answered, Oh, Dolly, this is an angel in ebony. In other words, don't, don't look on the outside. On the inside, he is a precious jewel. Sammy asked him to kneel with him in prayer. The soul of Samuel Morris was on fire. The light that had led him so far from home was to be shared with his host that night. This man who had been preaching the gospel for years received a new visitation of the Holy Spirit. In those few moments of prayer uttered by an unlettered black boy, the man whom Bishop Taylor had selected as his secretary had a revelation of the reality and power of the Comforter such as he had never known before. So, <clears throat> again, we see the power of the Holy Spirit and we see the contrast between the way we are and the way Sammy was. The, even though he had informed Samuel Merritt that he had come to talk to him about the Holy Spirit, he hadn't said a word about it. And so Sammy wanted to pray with him and the Holy Spirit was poured out abundantly on that occasion. Well, the next morning, Samuel Merritt was supposed to conduct a funeral. That Saturday morning, he had to conduct the funeral of a prominent man in Harlem. He took Sammy along with him in the coach. On his way, he stopped to pick up two eminent divines who were to assist him with the funeral services. When the first of these doctors of divinity looked into the coach and saw a black boy sitting there, the minister started to draw back. He waited a moment, expecting the shabby youth to get out. So apparently, even though they'd given him the best they could, he still looked pretty shabby. <clears throat> when they finally got in, they were plainly shocked to be obliged to ride with this humble African. They said nothing but cast glances in his direction that spoke their disapproval. Putting his black hand on Merritt's knee, he said, Did you ever pray while riding in a coach? Merritt answered that he had frequently had blessed times while riding about in a coach, 
but that he had never engaged in formal prayers. Sammy said, we will pray, and they did. It was the first time that Stephen Merritt had ever kneeled down in a coach to pray. Sammy began at once. Father, I have been months coming to see Stephen Merritt so that I could talk to him about the Holy Ghost. Now that I am here, he shows me the harbor, the churches, the banks, and other buildings, but does not say a word about this spirit. I am so anxious to know more about. Fill him with thyself so that he will not think or talk or write or preach about anything but thee and the Holy Ghost. So even the next day, Stephen Merritt was still not talking to him about his great desire. Instead, he was showing him all the sights of New York. You know, what an example of what we tend to do when we get together with people, especially new. We often don't talk about spiritual things, but we talk about the things of this world. But Sammy was focused. He wanted to talk about the Holy Spirit. This is our need in this hour of Earth's history. What happened in that coach was no ordinary manifestation of divine favor. Stephen Merritt had participated in the consecration of many missionaries, the ordination of many ministers, the installation of bishops, and the laying on of hands by holy people. But he had never experienced the burning presence of the Holy Spirit as he did while he was kneeling in that coach beside Sammy Morris, who was penniless and clad in tattered garments. Merritt's whole life was changed in that amazing moment. And as you read to the end of the book, it is incredible what the Holy Spirit did through Stephen Merritt, people were healed, even mentally ill were healed. What a, an amazing uh, blessing he got in that coach because Samuel Morris wanted to pray. After Sammy's prayer service, they felt ashamed of their own spiritual shabbiness. So they looked good on the outside, but they realized he was right on the inside, and they were not. Well, as a result, they took him to a clothing shop, and they fitted him up with the best clothes they could find for him. Stephen Merritt <clears throat> had expected a large gathering and had carefully prepared his funeral sermon. But that prayer in the coach had given him a new spirit. The very heavens seemed to open as he forgot his formal speech 
and poured forth a message of tender sympathy inspired by the Comforter himself. The other two ministers felt the same divine inspiration. In their shorter tributes, they spoke with such power that as they remarked afterward, they were surprised at their own eloquence. So, in that coach, the Holy Spirit poured out upon all three men and they were totally changed. Now, I think the Holy Spirit doesn't fall on people that don't, uh, aren't willing to accept. So, these must have been sincere men, even though they were not really in the right relationship with God. The people listened in a rapture, <clears throat> little dreaming that these gifted orators were but the medium through which a poor black boy had turned a scene of mourning into one of joy. As the service went on, man after man came forward without spoken imitation and kneeled beside the casket. Have you ever been to a funeral where that happened? Here, as the message is delivered, the Holy Spirit fills that whole audience and person after person, without even being asked to come forward, comes down to turn their life over to Jesus. They came not as mourners of the dead, but as penitents from the body of death, which is sin drawn by the divine light that radiated from the soul of Samuel Morris. The next day was Sunday. Mr. Merritt said to Sammy, I would like you to accompany me to Sunday school today. Stephen Merritt smilingly introduced him as one Samuel Morris who had come from Africa to talk to their superintendent about the Holy Ghost. The school laughed. You know, this is so typical. It's so unusual for someone to want to travel across the world to talk to someone about the Holy Ghost. To them, it was a joke. The school laughed. After this introduction, Merritt was called from the platform to attend another matter. A moment later, when he returned, lo, the altar was full of young people weeping and sobbing. Sammy was standing by the railing praying. So the laughing stopped, and the Holy Spirit took possession of these young people. And they were aware of their sinfulness and interested in dedicating their life to God. Semi himself was perfectly calm. So this was not some Pentecostal situation where emotional experience is taking place and all of a sudden uh, people are are just carried away by their emotions. He was unusually quiet by nature, 
When he prayed, he always used the same matter-of-fact tone that one would use in speaking to a human friend. He just talked to his father earnestly but calmly. His audience was not swayed by any of the oratorical tricks of the professional revivalist. It was not his exact words or manner that seemed to matter, but the presence of the power of the Holy Ghost was so clearly felt that the entire place was filled with his glory. Here, I believe we see the kind of example that we need. We don't need emotionalism. We don't even need uh, people who are gifted in oratory. But we need the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That is what gives enthusiasm. That is what helps us in the right direction when the Holy Spirit is allowed to come in. After the Sunday school service, Sammy returned to the Merritt's residence. Out of politeness, Mrs. Merritt asked him to return thanks at table. His heart was filled with thanksgiving. His expressions of gratitude to his Heavenly Father melted all hearts. Even Mrs. Merritt, who was unemotional, and schooled in an aristocratic reserve could not but weep. She said to Sammy, Make this your home. Whatever we have, we will share with you. What a change when she too experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit. At first, she was sorry that her husband had brought this raggedy, young man home, and it was no doubt especially because he was black, but now she doesn't care about any of those things. She is so happy to have him in her home and is willing to even take him as a permanent guest in their home. However, it had been decided that Sammy should have an education. So as they talked about it there at the Sunday school and thought, well, what's the best way that he can really achieve his objective? They decided that he needed to go to a college where he could receive a training to be a missionary and to know more about the gift of the Holy Spirit. But in the next session, we will see that he had more Holy Spirit with him than anybody else in the school. And God had already, while he maybe didn't have as much intellectual knowledge about the Holy Spirit, he had the exper experiential knowledge of the Holy Spirit, which is what we need the most anyway. That is far more valuable than the intellectual knowledge. And so as we look at this portion of Samuel Morris's life, God is calling each one of us to covet, the Bible says we should covet the best gifts, to covet the 
experiential presence of the Holy Spirit. And when we experience that, it not only blesses us, but it then we can be a channel to bless all of those who are open to the ministry of the Holy Spirit.